you're in conversation with Clayton, and it is wonderful to have a chat to the lady who uh, co-started the Ruby Road Project a number of years ago now and is now leading all of the work for the Road to Respect. We're going to talk about all of that in a couple of minutes' time. It's wonderful to have a chat to Amy Curavilla. She joins me on the line. How are you, Amy? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm really, really good. And people might not be knowing, hey, what, what is the Ruby Road Project? So better give us a little bit, um, you know, in a brief sort of sense of how did it start and, and what is it actually all about? So the heart of the Ruby Road Project is to raise awareness of sexual exploitation. And that's where we started. My twin sister, Lydia, and I, we were in India and we were there on holiday. And it was uh, when we were... We were moved when we met this girl that had been trafficked and sold into a brothel as a minor, as a, as a young girl. And hearing her story really moved us to, to the point of action and we knew that we couldn't sit back and allow this to happen. So we came back to Australia and we set up the, the Ruby Road Project in um, 2011. Yeah. I, I love it. I love it. With the, mm-hmm. the intent to say, hey, how do we actually make this change? Occurred. Yeah. And I know that it's uh, continued to work and I now, now know the focus is very much around gender-based violence in developing yeah. nations and making that difference. And so I just want to give that uh, fair warning. I know that on this program we uh, we certainly talk about the heavy topics, but uh, if you happen to have kids around, we, we're going to be pretty upfront today. Uh, we are going to be having a chat about some pretty heavy stuff uh, around this gender-based violence. And so it may not be appropriate for little ears. I'm going to leave that up to you to, to sort through, but we just want to give you a fair warning around that. Amy, let's talk about this. So this is this experience that you had with your, your twin sister. You, you started this over you know, 12 years ago now and, uh, mm-hmm. and looking at, all right, well, how, how do we make this change? Uh, from taking you know minors in brothels and these sorts of things, and now it's moved to that gender-based violence specifically. What was the, the the reason for you to say right? We want to really start targeting this gender-based violence. Was there another experience you had or a moment? What what was that? Yeah. So in 2015, I was watching a documentary called India's Daughter, and it's a absolutely graphic documentary about a, a rape in um, Delhi in 2012 called the it's known as the Nirbaya case. Um, so it's about a, a young woman called Jyoti Singh who was um, just finished, graduated from a medical school and had come from a very poor family and um, was just at the movies with a friend of hers. She jumped on a, a bus that she thought was a operating bus, but it turns out it, was, it had five men in that bus that were drunk and um, started to um, become aggressive with her and her friend. In the end, um, they ended up... Um, beating him and then taking her to the back and brutally raping her. Mm. Um, And she ended up dying from her wounds Mm. two weeks later. And that case stirred up uh, just global outrage and uh, set up outrage within India, especially. They were rioting in in, in the streets of Delhi. And it, um, it caused people, I think, to become aware that this is such a big issue in India. So when I watched the documentary, I was just so moved. I just... I, I just knew that I, I needed to do something about this issue. I've grown up in India, you know, half Indian, my dad's Indian. And so I, I have a heart for India. I've always had a heart for India. And seeing this was, it was just like the Lord just went, God deposited the seed in my heart. And I knew this is something that I need to do something about. So in that documentary, uh, they talk about the issue 
And then they talked about, um, there was a lady on that documentary who's a lawyer who says the key to changing the mindsets of men in India is education. And so that's where I knew that that's the key for me to get in yeah. and change this. Yeah. We're going to have a chat a bit more about how you are doing that education. We're going to get to that. Mm-hmm. I, I want to I want to sit and, and just, uh, this is the awkward part of these interviews sometimes, but they're in the important parts, to sit with what yeah. this is because we've got to understand uh, the, the horrific nature of this as well. I mean, just some of the stats that I know as uh, we were communicating off air, uh, Amy, that you've you provided to me, and this came from the National Crime Records from India itself, but... Um, you know, yeah. one woman is raped every 16 minutes in India, yeah. um, and yet um, 70% of women who experience physical violence just don't even report it. So we could possibly only imagine that goes up even even more. Mm-hmm. Uh, 30% of women are subjected to physical or sexual violence. These are just some of the stats that are around. And, you know, we've seen in 2021 that there's actually been an increase in violence against women mm-hmm. uh, of 15%. So we yeah. we would be hoping this would be going very fast the other way. It's actually heading in the wrong direction. Um, yeah. Why do you think that is when even there is so much, you know, coverage of this? Like you said, there was, there was um, you know, outrage for, you know, maybe a month or two globally around that. You've obviously kept yeah. that, that healthy rage going to make sure you do something. But why do yeah. you think even with that, that there's been an increase in, in violence against women? I mean, I think that the, there's a lot of things to unpack here. I think, first of all, if we talk about the statistics, the statistics, the statistics of uh, what you've just mentioned, even just every 16 minutes a woman is raped. I mean, these are the stats that are uh, quoted. Uh, a lot of the women that are raped, or quite a, a number of them, aren't, don't report their rapes. Uh, and there's a lot of reasons why. There's a huge stigma around rape, domestic violence, you know, because in India it's shameful uh, to, to be raped. So when a woman is raped, she's the one that's shamed. Her family feels the shame. So when they go to the police station to report a crime, uh, they are talked out of that or they're raped by the police by the policemen themselves. Mm-hmm. So there are, there's a lot of issues around that. The statistics aren't accurate. And so I believe I feel like one of the reasons why is because people are starting to become aware and reporting. So the reporting is increasing, which is why the statistics are seeming to rise. I, I believe that they've always been high, but people are becoming more bold to report it and um, breaking out of that stigma, you know, that is on a woman um, who's who's abused, especially in the home. There's still so much stigma around that. But but there's so many issues like uh, social media, I mean media, porn, the access to porn. Uh, there's um, there's a rise in terms of of um, porn access because everyone now has it in their hands. You know, for example, a rickshaw driver in India can access porn from his phone, and porn is a key driver of of attacks like rape. Um, because it really um, causes them to see a woman in in that sort of sexual way, and then the more they they view porn, uh, the more that they want it, and then they they viewing it isn't enough, and so they need to act it out. So there's a number of reasons why it's increasing, um, but this is this is why there's a need to to come against that and to to see this decrease. Yeah, and I think there's a sort of understanding that we need to understand more here in Australia too that. As we put things like uh, pornography, as we look, put things like a, a patriarchal system, as we put things 
like even mm-hmm. potentially at times the, the caste system that's still prevalent in India yeah. uh, together. And then, then the objectification, the, the fact that, you know, reporting it to the police doesn't provide actual safety. Like there is no actual space to go as a woman in India and know for yeah. sure that you are going to be safe to report these things or even to be out of harm's way. And that's also led to things like acid attacks and things like that. Yeah. Could, you, could you talk into what that is and, and why, yeah. you know, I think two-thirds of the acid attacks around the world occur each year in India? Yeah, yeah. the majority of the acid attacks globally are in India, uh, which is just a staggering, staggering figure, you know. Um, so, you know, acid attacks um, are just, for me, it's one of the most brutal, brutal attacks against a woman and it's very prevalent in India. Um, you know, basically what it is, it's, you see the majority of cases are men throwing acid on a woman's face uh, in order to disfigure her. Um, and uh, I mean, obviously each individual case is different, but you know, you generally see it when a woman has um, rejected a, man, a male's advances. That's the, you know, usually the recurring theme. Um, but we do also see it in the home as a domestic violence aspect. So, um, you know, a man will throw acid on his wife's face if he, for whatever reason, you know, whether she just refuses to have sex with him or, you know, we, there is a, there's a, um, a very, very moving documentary I've seen about like individual stories in India called Scar. And it talks about just the different women who have had that happened to them. And, um, you know, one of them was a husband that said, you know, she didn't want to have, I'm her husband and I, my right to have sex with my wife. And I didn't want to kill her because I don't like the sight of blood, but I thought, you know, I'll just throw acid on her face. And the way he talks, it's so matter of fact, you know, it's, like, I didn't want to see the blood, so I just thought I would throw acid on her face mm. and teach her a lesson, you know, that I'm the man and I'm the one that gets her, you know? So, um, so it's, to me, it's, 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 it's evil, it's heinous. Um, and unfortunately, the, the, the laws don't protect the woman. Um, you know, that man was let out. That man was let out of, of prison within a few months and, sent, and the, wife, the wife was sent back to him, to the husband. Uh, it's, it's pretty pretty messed uh, up, you know. And that scenario is uh, very common too, right? Like where yes. where uh, women might head to a police station to let let them know about something, and they actually get released back into that same situation, yes. or the mm-hmm. man is not charged at all, uh, whatever else it might be, or they're just released out on bail and it never actually comes up. Yes. Uh, th- this yes. is an all too common uh, situation that is occurring, and especially so in India. Um, Amy, yeah. I know you're going to stick around with us, and maybe as you're listening, you think, oh boy, Clayton, Amy, you're painting a pretty dark picture. Well, we are, because it is yeah. a dark picture, but there is some things being done. And so we want to hear next from Amy about uh, the, 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 the real light that she sees that might be able to change this, and then the work that she's actually doing about it. So do stay, stay with us. We know that's a pretty dark picture that's been painted, but there is uh, some possibilities of changing this, and, and potentially together. We can uh, change life for so many young girls, women uh, throughout India and indeed throughout the world as we step into some better education understanding. So that's on the way next here on 89.9 The Light. On 89.9 The Light, you're in conversation with Clayton. And as we've been saying, a pretty a big topic that we're having a chat about this evening is uh, the story of the Ruby Road Project. And specifically, we're about to talk about the Road to Respect program. I'm uh, joined by Amy 
uh, Kuravilla, and she is the lady who is spearheading all of this work. We're talking about the uh, gender violence against women, and especially in India. Uh, we've shared some of those statistics before. 30% of women have been subjected to physical or sexual violence, and that's just the ones that are reported. We know that there's more than that. Every 16 minutes, a woman in India is being raped. 70% of women who experience uh, physical violence are just not reporting it. And we know that there's a whole systematic situations where men are getting let off or, or women are being sent back, or even in some places, in fact, many places throughout India, rape is sort of considered just consensual. That's how the view is looked at. And so therefore, there is no rights at all for women in this space. Amy, um, you've decided, you know, and, and uh, we were sharing before we came on air as well, that um, it does feel a little bit like that boy that was walking along the beach throwing each of the, the starfish back into the ocean. There was just thousands of them. And, and uh, an old man comes up and says, hey, you can't ever throw all these back. And he says, yeah, I know, but I can help that one. <laughs> um, and, and we've got to start somewhere. And uh, you have done a lot of thinking, a lot of work. Tell, tell us about how you came up with this, the Road to Respect program and, and what it actually is. Yeah, so I, I mentioned a bit earlier about the documentary I was watching called India's Daughter. And uh, the lawyer in that documentary um, talks about changing the mindset, mindsets of, of the next generation, you know. Um, so she says the key to, to changing the mindset is education. And she was talking about, you know, the general education, you know. Um, but in, in that moment, I just, it was like a light bulb moment for me in that I, I just realized this is the key. This is how I can change this. And, you know, this is a, <laughs> this is a very big vision and it's, it's it's generational so i might not ever see i'm aware that i might not ever see the fruit of it in my lifetime but and that's what makes it a little bit hard you know because i love to see that we all love to see a quick result or but but i i've i've pulled myself away and up up and i'm looking ahead and going okay so i may not be able to change the mindset of a, a grown adult male and or even females because sometimes females have this perspective you know they think it's okay um, but I can change and shape the mindsets of, of a young of young children, and so I started to research into the root cause. We're talking about some of that, you know, the patriarchal society, and I realized some of it also had to do with just that sort of inability to manage emotions and 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 the way respect not 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 seeing women as equal, all of that. So I started to look at the root cause of this issue, and then I I started to break it up into pieces and. Um, developed curriculums uh, for, for, for schools, for children in India. So I started with um, five to nine age bracket. So it's very, very simple sort of um, pro lessons that we teach children. So things like um, I am unique. So I believe that if, if you can't, if you don't embrace yourself, you won't embrace other people. So it's teaching children to embrace their identity, who they are, and then um, then it's also embracing other people, so respect, and then emotions, so understanding emotions, managing emotions, um, and then we also teach them about safe and unsafe touch. So what is what are private parts? Like They don't even know these children. We've trialed this program, and while we were trialing it, children didn't even know what the private part was. They thought their private part was their head. So it leaves them vulnerable to being abused and exploited. Um, for the older children, we teach about um, the sim we teach about emotions as well, and then stress, 
Um, so how to manage your stress and then communication. So assertive, passive, aggressive, assertive, and I'm currently um, making some tweaks to the program, adding about boundaries, what boundaries are, um, personal boundaries and things like that. And um, then also bullying and respect. So yeah, so that's basically the two curriculums that I've developed for, for Indian schools. Um, my curriculums are tailored to the Indian culture. Uh, so it's, um, it's t with understanding the culture, I've grown up in India, I understand, you know, the way that children speak, the way they talk. So the names are all Indian names, the illustrations are all Indian children, um, and it fits right within the, the cultural framework, so they understand it. Um, and we trialed it. We trialed it last year, and it was incredible. It's so good. So you, you did this with uh, a number of different schools and there was mm -hmm. some, I'm led to believe, some fantastic feedback that occurred yes. from teachers yes. uh, and the kids were certainly uh, showed some real positive change as well. Yes. Yeah, it was, honestly, it was incredible. I, I, I wasn't sure, you know, I didn't know how it was going to turn out. Obviously, there's a bit of uncertainty, but it was beyond what I expected. You know, the children loved it because we, we also give them opportunity to tap into that creative side in the Indian system. It's um, very much academic based, but in, in my program, I give them that space to think creative, creatively as well. So they get opportunities to draw and draw their thoughts, to draw their experiences. And the feedback was often, we love the, the aspect that we could, we love that we could draw. Um, you know, one child in particular, he's a, he's a teenage kid and he, at the, at the beginning, I thought he would be a bit of uh, trouble for me because he, he started to sort of, uh, you know, from the first session, he, he looked a bit like he just didn't want to be there and he was just kind of causing trouble, basically. And I thought, okay, how can we... The first, it was a school that was quite sort of poor um, and the children were used to what's called rote learning. So it's learning by repetition. So children just did not know even... They didn't even draw their own... Figure. So we said, draw a picture of yourself. They just copied what they saw on the board. So we were like, this is going to be very hard for us to, to get through if they can't even think for themselves. And so this is one of these child children. And he, we, we sat with him and we were like, okay, he's very creative. This kid knows how to draw. And we started to pull out this gift in, in him, this creativity. And you, with, from week one to six, it was a complete change in who he is. And he started to come interested and in the end he drew us this beautiful picture and he was telling us how he'd learned and how much he'd grown and then his teacher came up to me and said that this child was so different within from six weeks that he just started to participate in class he started to uh, concentrate and was showing more interest in his studies which I didn't think we could even see that you know so yeah. just that in itself is incredible yeah I love it. Mm. Uh, did you get any pushback from any parents uh, as you do this? Because, mm. you know, if, if the mm. idea is that maybe it's a bit systemic in culture that's a bit older yeah. than that, um, I'm wondering if parents were, were completely keen and happy with it. Yeah, to be honest, it was, we had an incredible uh, feedback from parents, which I was also shocked about because I expected there to be some pushback. Um, but, to, you know, we are, we're focusing in the sort of southeast part of India. As you go up further north is where you, I'm aware that um, states like um, sort of Uttar Pradesh up, up north, they're a lot more resistant. Um, so the South is a little bit different. Like India is so diverse, each state is different, um, which is why this program also has to pivot each, you know, depending on state and school. Um, the, the North is, is, is going to be slightly more challenging. Um, yeah. teachers, parents petition the schools to not 
teach children about sex education, basically, in the North. So children aren't even taught anything about that, which obviously leads to curiosity. And we see more, more rapes up in that state than anywhere in India, you know. So, yeah. But so far, it's been amazing. And we're, I'm aware that we will have to pivot. And, you know, each school is different. Yeah. yeah. So what's the what's the plans for the, the future of the uh, Road to Respect program from here, Amy? Yeah, so um, I'm heading back to India next month um, and I'll be rolling out what's called the phase two of the program. Uh, we have re-engaged with the schools that we, 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 we trial this with 200 children and um, we're going back to um, three of the schools and we'll, we um, have, we're now going to have an ongoing relationship with them. So every year we're taking the program into their school and I'm now engaging with new schools in, in that one state of Andhra Pradesh um, and once we've established our base there, we'll be moving on to other states and I'll be um, hiring some teachers, getting some teachers on board to, to help me with the program um, in to, so that we can expand into different states in India. I love that. That's fantastic. And in mm-hmm. terms of uh, from us here in Australia, what can we do? I'm imagining if there's somebody of of faith and who you know believes in prayer they can certainly be praying for you yeah um Mm -hmm. what else can actually be done from anyone any of us here in australia who might say well you know i'm not about to head over there i can't do that but amy can (laughs) how do we get involved yeah so if there are i mean you know some people might be listening and saying hey i've always wanted to go to india and i've had people who said to me they'd love to come and visit so yes we'll always love people to come and visit especially if you're a teacher would love your skills but if you aren't, like you said, um, obviously finances is, is a big issue because this has been self-funded up until this point. We have had some people who've been um, partnering with us because each each um, school, it costs about $600 to go into each school for 12 weeks. Um, that's just the material alone because I print everything in color. I want the children to have great, good quality um, products. You know, I don't want them to have black and white. I want everything to be great, good quality. So it does cost me money. Um, so if if people if people are listening and this has really gripped your heart and you want to uh, help in some way, that would be an incredible help. I'm also looking for people who will help me with marketing. Um, there's always there's always a need in that area because the more that I can market, the more I can get my products out there as well because I've published a children's book as well called um, The Fish That Wanted to Fly. Um, and I, you know, I'd, I'd love to get that out there more as well. And I've also created a card game an emo- it's called The Emotions Game. So it's teaching children how to regulate their, their emotions using cards. So I'd, I'd love to be able to get that out more, um, but I need, I need, I need the funds to be able to do that as well, unfortunately. So, well, so how how can people do that, uh, Amy? How do they connect in? Yeah, so they can um, visit my website, uh, rubyroadproject.com. Um, I've got a shop on there actually. So the shop on there is where you can actually either purchase the the book that I was talking about, the kids' book, which kids in Australia can read, kids in America can read, um, or the card game. Or if you just want to, you know sponsor the program in the school or sponsor products you can also do that on on the shop page wonderful and you can also read more about what we're doing as well if you you'd like to know more or contact me i'm always love engaging with people and and meeting new people yeah i love yeah. that all right so that's rubyroadproject.com it's wonderful <laughs> uh, amy thank you for the work you are doing thank you for the thank fact you. that um you know i am so impressed by somebody like yourself to say you know what 
I'm not even sure I'm going to get this done in my lifetime, but I know mm -hmm. if someone doesn't start it, it can't change. Um, mm. And so, you know, I think that the span of history will look back on the work that you are doing and, and say, wow, what a remarkable work that is done. So thank you for sharing that with us. We wish you all the best. God bless you with the work that you are doing and changing thank lives so uh, across this world. Thanks again. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Amy Kuravilla is my guest. She is from the Ruby Road Project. And we've specifically been talking tonight about the Road to Respect program here on 89.9 The Light.